I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. Applause break. You know, that's what they do in Sweden. They just applaud. You know, nobody, nobody, yeah, nobody laughs, but you get a lot of applause breaks, but yeah. they just smile and clap. It's like yeah. the weirdest thing. Like you did a trick. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that happened uh, <laughs> That happened in Amsterdam where yeah. I would tell a joke and it was just like silent and yeah. I was like, fuck. And then they would be like, and I'm like, all right. Okay. I guess all I'll right. take that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's amazing what we need as comedians. Dude, even in Edinburgh, I had that a couple, there were a couple shows where I thought I was just like, eating shit yeah and like the whole time i was just like i'm gonna quit like in my head as i'm telling jokes i'm, like, I'm gonna quit this is it this is the last year yeah and then afterwards people were like great show and i was like where the fuck were you <laughs> and like they watch it like theater sometimes yeah you know? well, it is a weird thing that we actually like do something where you have to kind of like if you don't hear a certain thing that you're used to yes then you know because you can go to a comedy play and people may not even laugh right right right, right. It's, it's still billed as a comedy but yeah, totally. Although I like even in like the best Broadway shows, I feel like the comic character is always yeah. like it could be the most like serious, dramatic, whatever. And uh, yeah, the comic character is always like farty fart pants and like yeah, it's just like yeah, a big yeah. fat lady who comes yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> it's always like Well, we already started. See, that's that's how this flow is happening. Uh, hey, well, it is smooth. You know, that's how it is. It's like a you know you know like I feel like most TV shows are like that now, where they start out with something in the middle, just the fade in. Yeah, and yep. then it's just like, and then you go back to the beginning, and that's whole. I'm trying know. to class up the place. Are you? Is, you uh, are yeah, I'm making it artsy. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to take you a while to class up these days. No kidding. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, <laughs> that's really that's true. <laughs> or do you just embrace it and do you just yes, do like a heel you do turn? Embrace it. You, you do, do a heel it. turn, yeah. No, but uh, well, I'm Dustin Chafin. Uh, this is a podcast I'm doing, uh, Outlaw Comedy. That's my brand. And, uh, you know, I figured uh, there wasn't enough shows about comics interviewing comedians. <laughs> uh, I feel like a trailblazer. And, uh, yeah, I, but you know what? There's not a lot of guys like me. You know, I'm a guy that not only performs it, I run it, uh, I write, I do, you know, I'm really behind the scenes in every aspect and in front of, in front of the microphone as well on a regular basis. So I feel like there's a little bit of insight that I have that maybe a lot of people don't have. I also mentor comics and things like that. So, you know, I love comedy. I live for it. And, uh, you know, New York City is kind of where I got my, you know, my start. I was a busboy at the New York Comedy Club. I used to cook and clean for five minutes of the check spot. Whoa. And I would get 25 cents off hamburgers. I would get like 10 cents off uh, mozzarella sticks. And yeah, I did that for about two years. And it was one of the greatest, pro still one of my greatest accolades because it was like Pete Corielli was the busboy. And he had this job. And it was like, I remember watching him, like everybody loved him. It was like Pete was like running around. He was mopping and he was getting on stage and killing. I was like, I just want to be this guy. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and he uh, one day he was going out of town. He had a road gig with like Jim Brewer or something. And uh, it opened up and he asked me if I wanted to do it. And I kind of just kind of slotted myself in there and did it for about two years. And, you know, it was really good because I was able to be around comics, you know, be around guys like Mark Marin and David Tell and all these guys and, you know, back in the day. And it was really interesting, you know, just to kind of like be a part of that whole process, you know, like especially when you're paying dues like that, too. It's like you appreciate it more. Yeah. And so anyway, did all that stuff. And then I realized I, I didn't really want to push the mop too much. So I started running shows. And that's the thing in New York City that, you know, pretty much every fourth comic does 
And that's, if you're not familiar with that, um, you know, you produce a show, you find a venue, you, you know, put people in the audience and, you know, you provide a comedy show for people. And it's an opportunity to not only help launch young guys or the next big star, but also you get to interact with, you know, older guys that have been in the business. And so it was good for me. I got to have relationships with, you know, a lot of different comics and Jim Norton's and Patrice O'Neill's and all that stuff, which leads me to the... I feel the CBGBs of comedy is where I met our guest today, um, is the notorious Boston Comedy Club. Uh, this club is, uh, it's in the history books. I feel it's downplayed a little bit. Um, I feel like a lot of clubs get a little more recognition than, um, you know, Boston. Boston was the uh, brainchild of Barry Katz in, uh, from Boston, and uh, he was a manager and uh, still is, I believe, agent or something at this point, producer. And he uh, basically brought this comedy uh, name to a little venue called the Bagot Inn. It was, uh, they had some space upstairs. And they were doing some comedy in there before, but he brought this brand there, and it was Boston Comedy Club, which is the most hilarious thing, if you really think about it, a club called Boston in New York City. <laughs> so, yep, yep. And part of that whole thing was uh, I was the manager and booker, and I was uh, you know, in charge of the whole day-to-days and keeping people in the seats. And one of the ways to keep people in the seats <laughs> was to have comics who wanted to bark for stage time. And, Can we uh, put wanted to in air quotes? <laughs> <laughs> Who were forced to due to lack of talent hand out yeah. flyers and lie about well, who might show up. I have quite I have quite a list, you know. My uh, I have a pretty good roster, you know. I'm uh, our friend of ours, Pete Holmes, has a his whole show s- is centered oh my around God, it. God, that's it's right. Centered around this whole notion of paying dues and handing out flyers. Dude, I haven't watched it yet. Up. Pretty good. I, he gave I, me, I, I uh, really yeah. want to. It's uh, cool. I'm in episode three. He gave me a shot. Amazing. So it, was, it, yeah. it was really cool. I have like stock, uh, not Stockholm syndrome. I have yeah. like PTSD from like all that stuff. Where <laughs> I, I just assume anything comedy related, I'm yeah. going to be uh, bad mouthed on because I hate myself, but also still have an ego. So assume sure. people will be talking about me. Well, yeah. Well, let's just bring him in. Uh, Jamie Kilstein, everybody, uh, is my guest today. I've uh, known him from uh, different uh, podcasts throughout uh, the internet, uh, albums, and and, uh, you know, just quite a colorful comedy career that you've had for yourself. <laughs> colorful. I, I Can you still say that word? Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dear Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're the reason I'm starting this podcast. I was like, you know what? I'm going to interview my friend and start to do something. But, uh, oh, my God, I love but, it. But, no, it's like, you know, I've, I've followed you. And what I liked about some of the stuff you've done, and we won't get into the, the heavy stuff till a little bit later, but I think just as far as a comedian, you are one of those guys that you, you know, you really did want to become a great comedian. I mean, I feel like Thanks, I man. always saw that in your eyes. You had this thing. You were always gravitated towards, you know, comics that, you know, were doing things that you wanted to do. And, you know, you really went your own path. And you kind of like, tried to figure it out. And you kind of went to the underground route and podcasts and things like that and kind of yeah. got a following that way. And uh, I was always respected that. And I think it's something that... Um, a lot of comics don't do enough of. You know, a lot of people are waiting for comedy to come to them, waiting for right. to get picked. And you seem to kind of like create your own thing. And, you know, I think that's, you know, it's impressive. Well, it kind, of backf- it kind of backfired a little bit. Uh, I, God, I have so many thoughts on everything you just said. First of all, uh, the, fir- <laughs> the first thought I had was I was like, all right, time to do like a real like like comic podcast and like dick jokes and mom jokes. And you literally said that. And I almost started crying. We're like <laughs> five minutes in. Uh, and I was just like, because I, I, I. When I feel like I, uh, when I felt like I failed in comedy, yeah. um, 
I would do this thing and I'm sure I'm sure you've done it before and you know comedy attracts addict type people sure. um, where the old thing you can't just be like man comedy was cool mm-hmm. time to do something new where if I feel like I failed in something I'm just like burn it all to the fucking ground yeah um, especially if there's part of you that still wants to go back you have to be like fuck this yeah um, and fuck comics and, and you know whatever and um, you know just hearing you talk about Hearing you talk about the New York, I, I just forgot how much, and this whole month um, has been like such a resurgence, like doing like this show and 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 Stan Hopes and Rogans, and just remembering how much I loved comics and just talking about comedy. Yeah. Like when you said that you idolized like Pete Corelli as the dishwasher oh, check spot yeah. guest spot, I remember I used to do the same thing at the Stress Factory, uh-huh. and I uh, I remember I think it was like. Tom Papa, it was someone I should not have said this to because they just laughed at me where I was like, (laughs) I was trying to be humble, but I legitimately meant it where, you know, you remember that phase where like you couldn't actually strike a friendship with a headliner because even if you bonded with them, it would be like T minus five minutes to be like, cool, cool. How do you get an agent? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they were just like, oh. But you had that thing. I remember even in Boston Comedy Club when you were like, you're, this, you're the same guy, even with a flyer in your hand, you're like, hey, could I feature for you? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. But I feel like, like. Yeah, I got I, 10 minutes, but hey, I can make it work. Dude, yeah. I, and I, I felt like a dick about it, but I was just so <laughs> desperate. But yeah. I remember saying to Tom Papa, and I, I meant this so earnestly, where I was like, yeah, man, I just want to. If I could just make a living as like a feature act, like that would be the dream. And he literally <laughs> just went, ah, and he walked away. <laughs> and but like that's the same as the dishwasher. Like there was something yeah. so bizarre about comedy, the way it draws well, you talk, in. Well, talk about the Boston. I mean, we like, you know, Dude, handing the, out flyers and all that stuff. Like take us back a little. Yeah. You know. So the Boston, I feel like the Boston was a little bit of when I first <laughs> here's my comparison. When I first moved to New York, um, I, I dropped out of high school. And I was fired from all my jobs. And uh, but I worked at a Borders in New Jersey. I remember which, that, which is where I grew up. Yes. And so I figured that I could. I got fired from there, but I yeah. was like, if I have any chance of getting a, a day job here, it's going to be at Borders. And you got me that signed John Stewart book. Oh my God, that's right! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I totally forgot about You're that. You're in my library. I'm oh. like, hey, hey, Jamie got me this. Oh, amazing! Yeah. <laughs> I remember it. Oh my God, uh, I, I'm gonna remember so many. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Uh, but bar, so. Borders was like all the rejects who got rejected from Barnes and Noble. Okay. So if you went to apply to a Barnes and Noble, they wanted you to have like an English degree okay. and they would have you write like essays about like your favorite novels, which like wow. I couldn't do. And Borders were all the people with like the piercings and like just like the yeah. fuck ups. I just, feel that way just about read the, the book Boston. jackets. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's way about the Boston where <laughs> yeah. I feel like, but in the best way, like yeah. um, where you still had. I mean, dude, I technically followed Chappelle. Like yeah, we sure. all sat in the yeah. back and watched Chappelle sure, sure. and Geraldo and Marin and and Patrice. But there was also something like super dysfunctional about it. Um, oh, yeah. In like a gritty New York, this is the way yeah. you should. Coke and start. booze had a little bit to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the only time I did cocaine was in the bathroom. <laughs> the only time I did cocaine was yeah. in the bathroom of the Boston Comedy Club, and I was like, I'm going to be a cool comic, oh, and I immediately God. tried to make oh. myself throw up. Oh my God! Because I was so just like, worst. I don't like. Like this i don't like this i don't like this um and then yeah i tried to make myself throw up oh, yeah uh, it did not work and then uh, i did cocaine yeah i almost died there like three times did you? i remember just getting like bad coke downstairs and it, you know and bag it in was you know kind of where all the after party was happening oh yeah. yeah my first week in new york 
uh, Oz, another comic who started me, oh, got yes. all fucking drunk and went to attack me. And I like, like I do MMA stuff, so like I gently did this, but yeah. I like when he like rushed at me, I flipped him <laughs> over my back. And he landed, and we looked up, and like Carson Daly was sitting there. Oh yeah, and that's I was right. like, I that's guess right. that's like what New York is. <laughs> like you're just throwing people at bars. Like it was like this yeah. cliche movie New York moment. Wow. Um, but it was nuts. Where like I don't think I ever had a good set at the Boston, ever. Like you guys, I, I just don't. And it was hard to have good sets there, you know, especially like check spots in the last spot, and because I would put you guys up late, yeah. so it's like. But it, that's the thing is, it's like I was always one of these guys that I didn't care if you bomb bombed as long right. as you knew you bombed. That was first. That's as long as you were aware of it. Great way to put it. As long that's as you were really aware funny. of it, yeah. and you you were depressed about it. Like if you weren't depressed <laughs> after your set that sucked, then I was like, I was like, fuck you. I got nothing to do with you. Because like somebody, the- even like Oz would be a little too cocky, and I'd be like, come on, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. need to be a little more depressed about this. I love the idea <laughs> that that's how you booked people. Oh, it's just absolutely. like, how sad were you after your? <laughs> Closer didn't work. All right, you can get the Friday nine fifteen. Yeah, slot. but you have potential. Like yeah. you get it. There's an artistic thing growing in you. If Dude, you, you know, so, but it's true. That's such a fucking great way to judge comics. Yeah. How much do you hate yourself right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. You got four <laughs> spots next week. Uh, you just had two shots. You're yeah, good. and yeah. it's uh, but it it is true, and, and and I feel like there were Boston definitely lets you like experiment. Where yeah. I feel like it was Dave Attell. Um, who said this uh, uh, to either me or maybe Stanhope passed it to me, but about how you either have like a, a great set or a great story. Okay. And I definitely took that too far sometimes because I think, I think like, you know, so many of us want it to be like Bill Hicks, right? Sure. Where you'd go up and you'd go, how are you? And if people responded indifferently, you'd yeah. be like, ah, you're all cunts. And suddenly you just lose it because you want it to be that Chicago video, right? Or yeah, you want yeah, it to yeah. be like uh, the Bill Burr Philadelphia incident. There was definitely that phase um, that I had where I'm just like, burn it all to the ground. And, you know, now coming back, you, it's kind of like, what's that sort of like Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and then like... Bill Hicks, Bill Burr, like sure. compromise, right? Like yeah, how yeah. much of that like bombing or going after an audience was just like, oh, I just wasn't funny enough um, yeah. to to make them laugh. So if I could just like burn it all fucking down, yeah. I could still walk away like a, you know, like a fucking outlaw, you know, like a yeah. hero oh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, burning down, it seems like you're uh... <laughs> good segue. That was a great segue. Speaking burn it all down. down. Uh, your life. Can you get into okay. <laughs> You know, it's it's uh, interesting because uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of this stuff. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time that, uh, you know, was a, a very toxic person. And yeah. I feel like, um, you know, it was always, you know, some something that I would have to kind of, you know, that's the thing is with comedy. It's like you have to be careful who's around you because there can be some things that happen. And, and a lot of times it's out of spite and they try to bring you down on something that maybe not quite be what everybody thinks it is which yeah. i think a little bit of this is going to be that for sure but uh but yeah it's like uh you know you have to kind of watch yourself when you start out in comedy like who's who's your friends and who you know who, who you dating and all that stuff does matter what kind of drugs you're doing what you're not doing you know yeah you got to be careful in well the it's beginning. hard because it's it's you know i feel like we sort of got to a place and this is what i'm struggling with right now where yeah. when i and again, I'm sure we'll get into it. But, you know, when I kind of like disappeared for a year, um, I did the opposite of a downfall yeah. where I didn't 
Um, I didn't like booze and drug really hard. Like yeah. I just became a fucking hippie in L.A. Like I have yeah. like an awesome, uh, way hotter than me girlfriend um, who's like new agey San Francisco chick. And I, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I teach MMA and I wake up really early and like I fucking read a lot. Yeah. And I just tried to really take care of myself. And then when I decided <laughs> to get back into comedy, I was like, all right, I guess I go back to being like really depressed and like <laughs> eating garbage and like yeah. being an alcoholic and stuff like yeah. that. Um, because <laughs> there is something that's sort of idolized yeah. um, in comedy about that, right? Sure, sure. Um, or absolutely. at least I feel like yeah. you, you, you think there is. If you examine deeper, there's not. But there is something about like getting up on stage and being like really pissed off yeah. and being really like uh, depressed and, and confused and, and, yeah. and sort of... Well, I think it's uh, it's funny. It's I feel a lot of us have been working on ourselves, you know, and it's just like, you know, it's funny because I, I see a therapist and he's considered kind of the comedy therapist. And it's so funny because ah, that's ha- hilarious. It's, I have like the comedy accountant. <laughs> Good old Harvey but he, Altman. But I didn't know that there yeah, was a fucking Alan Lefkowitz. And he's oh, seen like so Richard funny. Lewis. He's seen Larry David. And it's so funny because you'll be sitting there in the waiting room and all of a sudden somebody, you know, from the cellar will walk out and be like, I can't follow this guy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, interesting. I remember Mike, Mike DiStefano, God bless him, uh, rest his soul. But yeah. he, he would come out and stuff. And I'm like, there's no way I could follow him. No, what you're talking no, no, about. no, 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 no. kind of heroin stories bringing up and moms and whatever. Oh, my God. So it's like, but it's interesting, and though. Do you have to hand out flyers outside yeah. of the therapist's office? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want to come in, like, maybe Chris Rock will show up. You Who never knows? Know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah, it's that a, was a go-to line. a guest spot. But, uh yeah, man, it's like a lot of us, you know, I quit drinking, you know, it's been about 10 years. You Dude, know, I got so excited when I heard that. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. You know, it was great. It's, uh, I was just such a mess, you know. That's It's something, you know, Native American blood. I don't know what it is, but I just can't handle it. No. You know, I'm just one of those guys that just gets crazy and want to fight and I want to just cause problems. I remember, you know, I remember being drunk the last, um, I think it was the, the last night of the Boston when they were kind of doing a uh, roast for uh, Barry Katz and everything. Buddy. I remember just getting up and just being like, fuck you, Barry Katz. Whoa. You know nothing about comedy. Yeah, thanks for bringing us dat fucking fan. Holy shit. <laughs> you got lucky with Chappelle and yeah. just went nuts. You got lucky I was, with Chappelle. <laughs> I just went bananas <laughs> on him. And it was just like, and then it's just like, you know, you start to realize it's like, you know, but it's interesting because you take, you know, you said Stanhope, who we've all idolized over the years. And yeah. especially when we were younger, I think he was a guy that we really oh. like because he was like the Hicks that was that was current, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so but he's a guy that, you know, I feel like he, you should never compare, you know, being rock and roll and drinking to Stanhope because he is an entity of himself. Yeah. Nobody, can, nobody, you can't do, you're not supposed to be able to fucking do that. No. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and I was actually going to throw you a compliment where I know and I'm sure you know. A lot of this is going to take the conversation way off track, but a bunch of sober people who are fucking monsters and they still have this. I feel like I was kind of like that because I quit drinking for three years. I mean, I hope I wasn't a monster, but I was definitely like I thought quitting drinking was because I have alcoholism in my family. I never felt like I was like, you know, I never got blackout or told Barry Katz that Chappelle was (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, But. Um, I was like, okay, if I quit drinking, it'll fix it. Right. And then uh, also my mom, you know, when she would be sober, all she would do would talk is talk about, um, 
like how you know she can drink normally if she wanted yeah. to and how it was really just like my dad's fault and shit like that and it's like oh even though you're not drinking you're not really like sober i feel sure. like there's a term for it i think it's dry drunk yeah absolutely. but I, I mean i knew some guys who were like aa every day who were like sexually harassing women mm-hmm. or like um you know you go to them sometimes and They'll have these same sort of anytime you come to them with good news, like, hey, I got booked at the show. It's like, why the fuck aren't you bringing me on the show? And it's like, oh, you're still a toxic yeah, yeah, person. Yeah. Right. Sure. And um, and I was going to say it's so cool because you actually just seem like a more refreshed version of yourself. And with Stanhope, dude, there's something about Doug and, you know, alcoholism obviously like bums me out to no end because of my family. But there's something about Doug where it's like you drink with him and you're like, God, you're fine. Yeah. You're just sort of like this well, like no, weird I, yeah. robot partier yeah, where I'm, it's like he doesn't have that. Like my mom, if she drank like a glass of wine, it yeah. was like a different smell, a, sure. a glaze in yeah. her eyes. Like one glass yeah. and you're like, oh, something uh, horrible. I relapsed coming. just watching Stanhope one night. I remember like just I was sober probably about a year and yep. I'm sitting there in the village. Uh, I guess it was Comedy Village at the time, the old uh, formerly known as Boston. And uh, I remember watching him. And you go, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And he's just like, yep. he, he's yep. like, he's tapping into this darkness about himself and he's improv and he's obviously just going off of whatever's just happening in the moment. And I was just like, it's fucking, it's, it's just, it's a Bukowski, like it's phenomenal. Yeah. And I remember just getting all into it and thinking, yeah, that's comedy. Comedy's yep. rock. Cause I'm a Kinison guy. And it's like, right. Comedy, comedy's that, you know, it's rock and roll. It's fucking bad, bad, badass. And it's like. He watching him will make you think that. Then you see him in the third show. You're like, oh, that's why I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ah, nah, nah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, every time I quit smoking, when I would go open for Doug, I would start smoking cigarettes again because yeah. I'm like, ah, this is how you be funny. Like you literally think that it's so yeah, it's sure. so high school and childish. Yeah. I remember uh, when I when I was drinking a lot because I was I was really young. I mean, it was probably around the Boston times, and I was yeah. just starting to get feature spots. I remember like having that moment where I was uh, I was featuring at Go Bananas with mm-hmm. Eddie Ift and Name we did dropper. Like, yeah <laughs> watch out um and we did he was very nice to me uh, oh, he's I, great. I, 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 love I haven't seen him in I love him. years and we um god we after that show I think I got like turned down by a stripper and then another stripper like tried to sleep with me and I felt so off. Like I was just, I literally, I remember I, this, this like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, exotic dancer yeah. brought me back to her house. Like Eddie was off doing his thing. We like drove an hour after the show and, uh, and this, Oh, so I think what happened was like, he was meeting a girl and he was like, yeah, man, like she has a friend yeah. and she's like, uh, like a dancer and you know, I was like, so I was like, is this what the road is? Yeah. And I had a car because I had to drive there because I couldn't afford yeah. to fly there. I like drove to fucking Ohio, and my shitty beat up Honda. And I, uh, and I remember driving Eddie to see this girl, and the girl was like super psyched to see Eddie, and she was gorgeous. And then the other girl got out of the car, looked at my car, looked at me got back in her car, made a phone call, and, like, five minutes later, I just saw, like, headlights and, like, some other guy picked her up. She was just, and like... And you still became a male feminist? Uh, I still be- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still became a male feminist. Well, here's why. I had so much insecurity that somehow, like, there was, like, another stripper. I don't know what happened, okay. but I gave some other dancer a ride home, and we're, like, in her bed... And she goes, we can have sex if you want. Yeah. And I just thought about how fucking sad I was in this mo- yeah. in that moment. And I was just like, 
I was like, you don't want to do that. Yeah. And she just goes, thanks. And I was like, bye. And I fucking <laughs> left. That was like my, like, that was my, my predatory ways. And, yeah, that's and so, hilarious. uh, but I remember, so uh, with the drinking, I was on stage, yeah. and I had a legitimately good set. And Go Bananas, I remember being like a really great club, and like the bar was just like feeding you drinks. And as I was having a good set, people from that show started to send me shots. And yes. then, um, you know, there's I feel like there's like a bar next to the club that Eddie and I went, yeah. and we started drinking with the first show. Then we go to the second show, and of course, like, you know, I'm a douchebag 25-year-old, so I'm like, hey, just so you know, like, the first show was buying me shots. So then they start sending you shots. <laughs> and I remember having a set that I thought was yeah. so good. And I, uh, Rooftop Comedy, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Um, sort but, of. But they, okay, so they, like, videotaped the Go Bananas. Yeah. And I remember they filmed my set, and I literally called my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, this is my set, babe. Like, I'm going to be like Bill Hicks. I could, like, lead a revolution, and, like, this is going to get me Montreal and Letterman and all this stuff. <laughs> and I emailed Rooftop for, like, three months. Wow. Like, when can I get the tape? When can I get the tape? Yeah, when can yeah, I get the tape? Yeah, yeah. I get the tape, and it is... Literally, you can't you can't understand a word I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like yeah. fuck <laughs> the police, right? And they're <laughs> laughing at me because I'm drunk. Yeah, and yeah. it's this really that interesting was... line where you know in the beginning you feel like you do need booze or because your sure. heroes yeah. have it. That no, it, I I'm I'm banned from like a club in Alaska, and it's like a place called Chilkoots. You're banned and, from that? <laughs> that's that's how was bad it, it was. That was like the club that everyone like got fucking like cooked yeah, up and like fucked in the. That's ba- that's how bad it was. Oh shit! Because yeah, I was fucking, and that's the thing. They were sending me shots, and here's the thing: it was first of all, it was Mardi Gras weekend. Okay, and so it was like okay. Worst, there was worst, Mardi Gras in Alaska. Yeah, worst place to be. Yeah. Worst place to be uh, for Mardi Gras. And I, you know, and it was one of those things where they kept sending me shots. They kept sending me shots. And it's like, you know, I've heard guys say stuff like, hey, man, just, you know, tell the waitress, like, to send you just a little the shot of iced tea. I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like I'm not going to be that guy right. where I'm doing, it's not a prop. Like, I like drinking, and yeah. so I'm going to drink it. I'm going to be the guy that gets yeah. banned from the club yeah. forever. And so I had girls on stage pulling their titties out. Jeez. Like, I had just fucking nuts. I think I was humping on some guy. I don't know what happened. It was just, it was so bad that the next night, the owner, management, Every single person had anything to do with the club was just there standing in the back watching me Whoa. to make sure that I didn't do some fucking crazy shit. And so you was, turned like the most rock and roll club yeah. into like a corporate entity. <laughs> like they had to bring like, <laughs> they did. like I didn't know this club had an HR. Yeah, they like, brought it. They brought a guy from Juno and like everybody was there in suits yeah, and corporate <laughs> came in. <laughs> But yeah, and I remember just thinking that's you know, and it's funny because I've now I've gotten sober. I've tried to kind of ease my way back, and they're like, "Nah, we're good." Like no. they don't. A lot of clubs they don't believe you when you say that you've you know cleaned up and stuff. And I was like, "Dude, it's been like ten years." Like you know, and they they just it's really it's a lot of damage you can do. It you can't you can't fix sometimes. So, so I'm yeah. in this weird spot, and I don't know if this is interesting. Right. Enough. Well, let's you know let's oh. bring it up real quick. Oh, okay, let's, let's bring it up. Let's get into it. All right. So first of all, you know, I think. There's a lot going on with you as a person, and I think there's a lot, like, you have a lot, you know, you have a little bit of untreated mental illness that we all have, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a little bit of, like, love me, oh I need, I need, I please love me, yeah, yeah. which I think most of us are comedians because of it, your family, my family's the same way, alcoholics, yeah, yeah. the whole thing. So I get all that. I, now I, I was prepared to get defensive, <laughs> but when you said a little bit, I'm like, oh, that's sweet of you, because <laughs> it's a lot. 
No, never get offensive because I I, so I get you. I get I really do. Yeah, yeah. But it, but there is a dual side, and there is a side of you that maybe isn't as flattering, and that is your online presence. And I think sometimes now yeah. let me explain it why. Oh no, it's yeah. gone now. Yeah. You're yeah. right. No, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going to agree but, with you. But there's a reason. I mean, I feel like you know you're also one of these guys that like. You kind of went in real hard with kind of going against, you know, guys in general or kind of any sort of, you know, male bravado and just, you know, and you're very, very liberal and all those things. And, you know, sometimes where it was, it was almost like, you know, you kind of attack the other side a lot. So yeah, I yeah. feel like in doing that, sometimes it's hard for people to catch you when you fall. And so I feel yeah. like the comedy community saw a lot of this stuff happening with you. And it's like, oh, I'm the male feminist and, you know, you're a rapist and blah, blah. And you went after mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. And so it was hard for us to kind of, because I remember you used to send to me one time I said something online. It was something about, I was being, I was joking about Republicans or something. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm a total liberal, but you took it like I was being Republican or something. It was just a weird thing. I was like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. And yeah. then I just kind of like just ignored it. And then, But I feel like there's a lot of that happen in yeah. your online presence with podcasts, with interactions with comedians, you know, and that kind of thing. And then and it's almost like, you know, and you became a vegan, but you didn't just become a vegan. You became an outspoken vegan. Sure. And so, <laughs> it's like, it's like, Are there any other kinds? Let's so, be real. So you did all these things. And then the male feminist thing was definitely something that, you know, and I'm only, I'm not even, I haven't even really researched that much it's more about just what I get from the comedy community yeah. but what I heard and what you know I kind of got from it was that you know you, you kind of preached this game and you had this podcast with this wife or ex-wife or something and then yes. you guys kind of created this kind of liberal uh, network and you, you really kind of champions of you know people that deserve to be taken care of and you know people's you know taking uh, you know looking out for them and so um <sighs> And apparently, you were kind of going. Tell me if I get this right. You were kind of going through some problems with your your ex, and and then in the meantime, maybe you got a little flirty online with some of the women. Well, we were in an open relationship okay, at that time, right. which uh, take me. You're over now. Yeah. Take so uh, a ton of stuff. Uh, what's so funny <laughs> is like, so that was like the hardest, like yeah. most critical stuff you'll say. And the, and the love me part of my brain was like, oh, you followed me on Twitter. <laughs> like I got super excited. Well, um, I saw that girl, and I was like, I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, we've all we've all made those mistakes. Um, yeah. So, but I you mean, didn't touch anybody. This is all. No, so this, this is, is what's crazy. This is what's weird about it. So, what's so funny about? Um, okay. So, in short, for anyone who doesn't know, and I talked a lot about this on like Rogan's and Doug's, but okay. so I'll try to make this a little different. Okay. Because um, we have like such a comedy comedy. Um, you know, history. Um, yeah, essentially I did go that like super lefty, um, social justice warrior as they're called. Um, uh, which by the way, the first time someone called me that I didn't know it was an insult. That's like where my head was. I was like, they're like, yeah, fucking social justice warrior. And I was like, thank you. Like, I thought that was like this like badge of honor and it can be, I guess. Cause I mean, social justice, here's the thing. Social justice is good, right? Like yeah. sexism is bad. Like we all know these things, but where I got, was, um, you know, and I'll say this before the kind of like that branch of feminism turned on me where I got was, I feel like this goes back to where we were, where I felt like I failed so hard in comedy, um, from, you know, the barking days with you to getting Montreal and kind of being that guy that like people were like, Oh, we like you, but like, we can't do anything to like all the self-hatred in my head. You know, there was this one year 
that like I, I, I said to my girlfriend, I call it like the year I was like almost famous where it was like everyone has that year where there's like yeah. heat and it's like agents actually want to talk to you and like. I was getting on TV, but then, like, the one show that I did well on got canceled, and the other one, like, the late-night show, like, they got a ton of complaints, and, like, they're not going to have me back, and and then I started to sort of build this, my own audience, and, you know, when the podcast started off, the audience was all comedy fans. It was, like, mm-hmm. everyone was liberal, but it was, like, comedy fans, so even though we yeah. were liberal, we could still say whatever words we wanted, you know what I mean? Like, we could yeah. say cunt as long as we were calling John McCain a cunt, gotcha. you know? And then I feel like the left in general, the it, it, the the bar just started getting sort of like higher and higher where, um, you know, would cover a story that was legitimately sexist okay. um, and then would lose a bunch of like dude fans and would gain a bunch of like more feminist fans. And it was honestly this sort of curve that I didn't even see happening. Um, and then it got to the point. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, repeat the, sa- the same shit, but this is such a good example. It got to the point before I knew it that we would be getting emails and we still consider ourselves a comedy show, you yeah. know, or I did. But the show sort of started turning into just like read the articles about sad shit that happened in the news. Okay. And jokes were almost like inappropriate. And I feel like because I felt like a failure with comedy, I'm like, I guess I do this now because I didn't have comic friends. Even yeah. before I burned all those bridges, before the rape joke debates and stuff, I, I, I didn't really have comedy friends um, in general because I don't know. I never really like hung out. I never really like um, yeah, run a room. You'll get about 30 a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. But like I didn't. I really didn't do that. Like, like yeah. Oz was like my buddy Hilarious. and like he stopped and like, you know, um, I burned a lot of bridges just by being a douchebag. Like even before progressive stuff came in, yeah. I was just like, I either thought I should, w- was, was better than I was or, um, or should be farther than I was. I mean, what a lot of young comics go through. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, so we get this email one day and we got emails like this all the time. I would do a bit that I thought was so funny. And then we would get like two emails that complained about it or said it was yeah. offensive. And it was like, ah, I guess we can't do it. And that was paying the bills. Okay. And I, I didn't think I was selling out because when you're on the left, in my opinion, and this still sounds self-righteous, but I stand by it. When you're on the left, it's like you don't really feel like you're selling out because you're like at, at its core, racism is bad. Yeah. Homophobia is bad. Sexism sure. is bad. So I think most but, of us think that. Yeah, of course. Well, but so when people say you're on the extreme left, you go, what extreme what? Like, yeah. how can you be on the extreme left? Like what? Everybody should get health care. And that's the same as like the extreme right, which is like gay people are going to go to hell. You're just like, go yeah. fuck off. Yeah. And you don't realize that, like, you are sort of doing this, like censoring. And so anyway, so we got this email that said, uh, I guess I called some like transphobic guy an idiot. Um, super edgy stuff, you guys, um, part of my nasty (laughs) show set. And we got an email that said, while I appreciate you defending the trans community, the word idiot is ableist. Yeah. And I said this on Rogan's where I I wanted to be like, well, that's retarded. You're a retarded cunt. Like, I just like, I wanted to lose my mind and like that comic part. And those words go well too, I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Uh, But that comic part sort of came back to me where I was like, this is insane. This is why we lose elections. And yeah, but I was part of that. Like I couldn't even go after that person because the, so to the online presence thing is 
when you don't have friends, when you feel like you failed at your dream, which is comedy. And like I had him watch stand up till I got this my girlfriend right now because she's a big comedy fan. But like I just threw it out. I pretended it didn't exist. I treated it like a fucking abusive ex where I was like, nope, Um, I didn't want to see anything good. I didn't like I didn't want to either uh, probably because deep down I thought I would miss it. And so, um, so I, 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 I just didn't. Give so what a sh- happened with this girl? This, this a couple of girls like oh, accused yeah. you of harassing them sexually or something online. Yeah. Or what, so how did this happen? I've, I, I've, I've avoided it on uh, most podcasts because I, I don't want to badmouth women, especially okay. like, hey, who decided to make a comeback during the Harvey Weinstein days? Like, <laughs> fucking this guy. <laughs> I want to be like the Stanhope show was already booked. It was already booked, and then the Weinstein thing happened. That's not on me. That's like I couldn't say no. The fucking Hennigan. No, but I tell you, ticket. I mean, with the Louis thing happening, I was like, this is the perfect week. And oh. now when I, when I think of you, I'm like, not perfect for me, buddy. No, it is perfect for you because you really didn't do anything in the oh. in the realm of that. If you well, you didn't pull your dick out, you no. didn't like you know. You, that's a I'm whole the, different thing, dude. I'm the only guy whose dick does not exist on the internet. Like, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it's so hard because. If you actually read the the article, the Jezebel article that went after me, mm-hmm. if all of that is true, which it's not because I read it for the first time before Doug's podcast. Oh, um, you hadn't read it? Dude, I didn't wow. read Well, I was suicidal. And like, so I didn't yeah. read it. I had my manager read it. My, I think my girlfriend read it. Um, but I was like very suicidal, very scared. And I finally read it before the Stanhope podcast, and I read it very like dramatically, like, yeah. "All right, time to face my demons and my shame, and oh, so you, you know, on there. repent." And then I read it, and I was like, "Oh my god, half of this is a lie, like <laughs> total bullshit." But even if it was all true, let's say it's all true, it's literally nothing more than any of us, any comic. If I was yeah. a comic, has talked about on stage. Well, it's interesting. a toxic relationship, yeah. flirting on, not even sexual flirting. Okay, literally just like flirting online until the girl said I had a boyfriend and I said I'm sorry yeah um, like a dummy and just um, and stuff and then consensual like road stuff yeah which in the article says consensual the problem is with our sort of like online clickbait and we are even seeing this with Louie um, the headlines are like it's because I was preachy. It's because yes, I was self-righteous. Absolutely. It's because I was a male absolutely. feminist that then the headline is male feminist accused of sexual misconduct. Yeah, it's like I remember as a kid, Jimmy Swagger, big preacher, you know. That's he, what Doug said. Yeah, yep. he had a hooker in the hotel room, and it's like it's because he was Jimmy Swagger because he was Hold saying that if you, you shouldn't do these kind of things, and then anything close yeah. to it, they're going to come after and you. And what's so scary, though, is when you hear the word sexual misconduct, what do you think? When you see a girl say, my abuser, what do you think? Yeah. Like, you think... Uh, physical abuse you think yeah. legitimate like mental abuse and manipulation you think uh, rape like yeah. I think there are some people who legitimately think I was accused of rape yeah. like who honestly oh, yeah. think that yeah um, and it's like not even close yeah like the the road girl um, in the article and again I don't want to trash any of these girls um, but so let's trash the article in the article said um, something like you know we, we went out um, and he charmed me. It was like we had a date um, and, you know, and we didn't have sex. That was another yeah. thing. It, it made it sound like we had sex. It made it sound like I was cheating. Um, you know, at that time, my open relationship was public. Um, and the article said something like, you know, I never felt safer and like more trust. Like it, it was it, essentially it was a great night. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this article's amazing. Uh, this makes me sound awesome. And then it was like, but then a week later, 
um, I heard him on his podcast describe me as a road fuck. And then Jezebel in like parentheses was like Jezebel could not find that quote. It's like, right. Because that quote doesn't exist because I was on a feminist progressive podcast next to my wife at the time. So I didn't say, oh, I was a fucking got some sweet pussy on the road. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to equal pay and rape statistics. Like, that's insane. That's not something I would say. But also, (laughs) even if I did say that, you know what I mean? Like every comedy podcast, right? Like, oh, I had this one night stand here, whatever. Yeah, that's not abuse. Sure. That's not. And, you know, uh, there was part of me that when this first happened, uh. You know, well, like I, I yeah, go yeah, ahead, no, say please, one please, please. I, um, one thing that, um, you know, did you hear Doug's uh, podcast about you? No, because okay, it, it's again, rough. I it's saw rough. the gist of it. I mean, it's Doug rough. told, did Doug yeah. told me he all told about what he it. said. Sure, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, it was interesting because it was like, that's the one that I didn't want you to hear because I felt like I couldn't watch it. Yeah, because yeah, no, it was like, first of all, it's, it's such a weird dynamic because, you know, before. Before you're a fan first, okay? You're oh, a big yeah. Doug stand-up. We all know, you know, I have people influenced by me, you're influenced by him, whatever. It's like, it's definitely a guy that you really, you know, kind of drawn to. And then you, you know, you seeked him out and he had you open for him and you yeah. developed a little bit of a relationship. And so this whole thing was happening and, you know, and it's like, but you could tell by listening to it that he was very biased to this self-proclamation of like, hey, I'm a social justice thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you could tell that's what, exactly what he was attacking well and so what was so interesting so two things one thing about doug it, well so with that and this is the whole thing with the comedy community it was it was such a weird place because so again what happened was i gave no one a reason to root for me yeah so you know this stuff happens with louis and louis still has you know millions of fans and and stuff like i, I maybe not as much now, but when the it started to come to light like a couple months ago. And with me, it was like um, I was such a dick to comics that comics wanted to be like, haha. And then I put all my eggs in sort of this feminist uh, basket that they were like, you're a, a predator. Yeah. That I just got it from both sides. I will yeah. say the reason that the Doug thing didn't upset me that much. I think I tried to say this on Joe's show, but like I, I just spaced out, but I really stand by it is the only people who reached out to me when all this stuff happened. Um, and again, if it wasn't for my girlfriend, like I would straight up be dead. Um, yeah. Like I was literally Googling ways to to do it. Um, were what were, your, what were your top three? Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's what you need to know. If you Google ways to kill yourself. Uh, you can't fucking just like task rabbit it. Yeah. Uh, it's a pain in the ass to even like Google it. Yeah. Where if you Google it, the first website that comes up, it says like ways to kill yours. Because I was yeah. like, uh, sure. I was like most pain. I've done like, it a lot. Like, yes. Okay, right. Yeah. Did you go to that first website where it's I've like ways to kill yeah. yourself and you I click try to it. kill myself. They okay. pump, pump my stomach and everything. Yeah, Dude. Okay. Yeah. So you go to this first website and it goes, just kidding. Like, love yourself. Don't kill yourself. And there's like acoustic <laughs> guitar music. And you're like, you fucking liars. You're like lying to me in my time of need. Like, you're literally getting like <laughs> rick rolled by like a suicide line and i remember being furious yeah like That's it made me great. so much matter <laughs> so then i was like ah oh, fuck this i gotta go to like the dark web and then i finally found ways but then i got even more depressed because yeah. i started looking at all these ways and i was just like i'm too much of a pussy to do yeah, it like sure i was like i don't have a gun yeah. i'm afraid of heights then it was like hanging seemed like the best way yeah 
But I was like looking, I was like looking at like the demos of how yeah. to tie the knot, and like I'm like, that's I a lot got of work. Out of Cub Scouts, that's a hilarious. lot of work. And then you're like, I can't even fucking do this. Like you're, I you're on be, YouTube trying to figure out how to do a noose. <laughs> like okay, like, you pull it up, yep, pull it yep. down. All right, like put some it senior citizen go, right? craftsmen <laughs> trying to talk you through like a loop knot. And I was like. Yeah. I, I remember being like, I would be that guy who kills himself yeah. and ends up fucking paralyzed yeah. and just sadly trying to wheel I, himself into traffic. Yeah. Like I took 60 Tylenol PMs. Holy shit. And I drank six Budweiser's. Wow. Uh, tall boys. And um, I was with uh, my ex, the one okay. you, the one you know, yeah, the crazy one. Sure. And uh, yeah, and you know she was fucking in my ear, and I was just done. I was just like, was she so in your ear she didn't know that? No, uh, she didn't. She, you I were just, just mean in general. Falls of no, 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 no. no. In she was mouth? like in the other room. Oh, got it, got but it, got she it. was just always in my ear. But it, and so I remember she was mad at me about something. Sure. And it was always mad at me about something, and I was just done. And I just want to. It's funny. I just won a comedy contest. Yeah. And I came home, and I was kind of feeling good. And then she was like, man, 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 you don't make enough money, or something. Like that, and so I was like, "Fuck all this!" So I went down, I went down to the thing and uh, bought the uh, Tylenol PM, which is, wow. you know, it's it's over the counter, but it will fuck you up though. Yeah, yeah. It's, if you take sixty of them. Oh, I used I, to do that <laughs> when I was too broke to like yeah. even get booze. I would go into Borders sure. just and like down a bunch of like Tylenol. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So 100%. I took sixty. I took the took the six, and then and then I'm just slowly melting into the couch. And she, if I hadn't like thrown the bottle in the kitchen and like let it kind of like be seen. Yeah. She might not have even known what had happened. So she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she looks in the kitchen and she sees this bottle and she's like, did you fucking take all these? And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. You know, then it's like, holy shit. So then she actually, you know, she came to my, you know, rescue a little bit and she pulled me up, dragged me down. We got a cab and they uh, they rushed me to the hospital, yeah. and they pumped my stomach. There was like uh, blue shit everywhere, and they put charcoal, and they're like throwing charcoal in me. And then uh, <laughs> I wake up, and I have to spend two weeks in St. Vincent's psych ward. Whoa! And that was wow. Talk about wanting to kill myself again. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Whole, all that shit. And you're just walking around in a gown with these like really fucked up people that yeah. are just like murdered people and done all kinds of crazy shit. And uh, yeah, that and was. You're just like I just didn't like my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just wasn't ambitious enough in comedy, and yeah. I, I, you know, it's like I could have emailed three guys, but instead I tried to yep. kill myself. Yeah, where's but that it, New Yorker cartoon that's like yeah. marriage, and it's like the the wife and one, like why didn't you do the dishes and just like a giant Tylenol PM bottle, <laughs> like them? It's not their style. But it was, uh, yeah, you know, it was one of those things where it was like I went through it. And, uh, you know, the psych ward definitely, you know, made me reflect and yeah. realize that life is is one of those things that it's going to be dark and yeah, it's going to fucking suck. People are going to come at you. People are going to attack you. People are going to destroy your reputation. Well, and, and they do it's that gonna for happen. the same reasons that I did it. And yeah. for the same reason that I was sort of an attack dog on Twitter is because I was so miserable and I hated myself so much that what you do is you sit there online and you attack other people and you try to bring other people down. And it does. It seems like a video game to yeah. you where you're like, who fucked up? Who said the wrong uh, word for like Alaskan today? Cool. Let's get him fired from the Atlantic or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you sit there and you do it and you get your favorites and you get your dopamine hits when you refresh Twitter. And uh, that's what I did. That's yeah. why I was like more extreme and more extreme. And the thing on the left is you just have to like out. Uh, you have to like out be out offended, right? So it's like, oh, you know, you're sticking up for this 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 white gay person. Well, what yeah. about the black gay person? Oh, yeah. you're sticking up for the black gay person. What about like the trans black yeah. person in the wheelchair? And it and it's mostly white people. It's mostly people who look like yeah. me, uh, who aren't oppressed at all, yeah. who are just doing this for likes and for attention and whatever. And 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 the thing that 
I've tried to say on every podcast, and I feel like uh, it always gets sort of pushed aside, but it's really cool to say it on this one. And this goes to the Stanhope thing. You know, I didn't watch the Stanhope thing. When all this stuff happened, he also, like, you know, I was told he stuck up for me because this stuff was, you know, garbage that would happen. He but, stuck but up all, about that stuff. Yeah. About that stuff, yeah. but was also like, you had it coming. Yeah. Uh, this is what happens. <laughs> But uh, victim He made fun of your much. tattoos. And stuff. He was just yeah. being a dick. He was yeah. being Stanhope. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, um, which one is quick thing, I will cut you off. But one thing I think the irony of the whole thing was is like you had all this thing going on, and then he had a thing going on with the Johnny Depp situation. Oh, right. Where, I know. Where he, like, I actually am on record saying that, you know, he didn't make that up, and that's really funny, too, because it's like wait, wait, that wait, ended wait, up being— what, what are you on record for? I was— um, they, New York Post called me, and they yeah. were talking to me about the Stanhope-Johnny Depp thing, and they were yeah. like, what do you think? And I said, well— I said, I'll tell you one thing I'll say about Stanhope. He is the truth. So if he feels like this is his friend and his friend didn't beat this chick and this is, I go, I believe him. I go, one thing he doesn't do is like, you know, try to become something and be something he's not. He's not doing this for press. Trust sure. me. He's truly his friend and he's truly sticking up for him because he believes it's the truth. Yeah, and there's it, no I, good press that could have come out yeah. of that. And then it was on Stern. He, he gave me a shout out on Stern, whatever. But the funny thing was, was it ended up being true. He did beat the shit out of his wife. So, Dork. so it's like, he ended up being like, He's my friend, and da da da. Ended up there. Nah, he beat the shit out of her. Hilarious. And she won a lot of money in the fucking divorce. So, but uh, okay. So here you are. Oh wait, wait, wait. So my okay. sa- my big sappy thing. Please, sorry. That although now I love yeah. this as a bit. That the really <laughs> nice thing about comedy I will never get to say on any podcast because it keeps getting pushed. Um, is the only people who wrote me to see if I was okay when that shit happened. None of the progressives who. I mean, not that this would matter, but like, who's like. I got them on TV for the first time or like yeah. their show or whatever. And like knew I had a history of like depression and, and, and suicide or whatever. Even asked question I, again, treated me like I was like accused of rape and found guilty of rape. Yeah. Nobody reached out to me. There was one, one, one uh, girl writer who reached out to me and, um, and I was like, send naked pics. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> she, uh, but that was it. And, but the titties. only people who reached out to see if I was okay it was Stan Hope, um, Jim Norton, who I barely knew. Yeah. Um, and, um, but he wrote this long thing because he's been so open about, like, um, you know, his uh, sexual past or, or however you want to phrase it. Um, but yeah, Stan Hope uh, reached out, Provenza reached out. Yeah. And it was comics. And I had this moment where I was like, fuck. Like, I. Because I thought comics hated me so much, shit on comics for so long. Because we are like verbose assholes on stage, but we're yeah. also like broken. And I forgot how much comics had each other's backs, yeah. which is why a lot of people got really mad at me. And that's what was so interesting when this happened is, you know, when Stanhope asked me to do this this live podcast, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm reading these articles, man, and I don't know if I can like apologize for like what I did and whatever. And he's like, no, 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 no. No comic thinks you're a fucking sexual predator. I hope not. Um, they're like, they think you're a fucking no douchebag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just think you're an asshole. <laughs> just, um, yeah, the or, dude's I mean, to be honest, anyone who actually reads the article. Yeah. And unfortunately, we do live in like a sexist world, and there is so much of this. Garbage. But let's talk about the ex situation. I don't know if you want to get into that, but do, do you feel like that was an attack on you? Like she was trying to bring you down? Because I had that situation happen to me. I mean, my ex fucking called comedy clubs and said I beat her. Whoa. And like, went after total bookers and stuff because we you know we had a kind of a crazy relationship but i remember one time um we i was drunk and i was yelling at her 
and uh, I threw a Zippo at the wall because the neighbors were pounding on it, and she got in the way and hit her in the face. And so everybody was thinking that I fucking beat her, and I never touched her like that. Right. But then it became a thing, and then she started just telling people that to bring me down. Yeah, it's really it's scary. So it's nuts. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: that whenever I went after sort of like. I don't know, men's rights guys or even people who would bring up stories like that. And I did go after them. It it was never whenever it happened on Twitter, nothing is sincere on Twitter, right? Yeah. So like a lot of dudes like are falsely accused of stuff. Does that compare to how many women are raped? No. And the problem is a lot of guys would only bring that up if you were like discussing like a rape. So gotcha. you're discussing a girl who was like sincerely yeah. raped and a bunch of guys are like, what about the guys who are falsely accused? It's like, okay, why are you bringing this up right now? You just don't give a shit about this girl who was like yeah. raped, right? Yeah. And, but the reality of it is, uh, it is really fucking scary. And yeah. it was really fucking scary. And I wasn't even accused they of anything. Talked, they brought you down so fast. It brought me down so, so fast. So fucking and fast. And I wasn't even accused of rape or no. assault no. or stalking or yeah. sending and sexual it's, pictures. It seems like entertain people in the entertainment business seem to get get it like harder than other people. My, you know, I'm a Steelers guy. Ben Roethlisberger is my quarterback. Yeah. He's been accused twice of like rape and you know pulling his dick out and all this stuff. And it's like he got a slap on the wrist. And I you know, learned how to play football <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have done comedy yeah but you won a super bowl and people like yeah, tend sure. to forgive you a little bit that's yeah, this yeah. country yeah that's this true. country yeah they don't give a shit if you're like you know play a you know, well there became this academy whole, like, award-winning comedy versus progressive thing yeah which i was a part of yeah um which sucked and it, it, it is a bummer where comics almost became like the sort of republicans yeah and that argument when in reality they were like let us just joke about hard stuff to joke about because you know i mean god that i did an interview in prevenza's book with like carlin and all that stuff and i was yeah. probably talking i haven't reread it because i would yeah. cringe but i would all the interviews i gave i used to talk about that how comedy is always about making really tragic things um funny so you can yeah. break the ice and you can talk sure. about it and, ra and yeah. rationally and stuff like that and then I, I i turned on that and i forgot that because Facebook and Twitter and especially when you're finally making a living like it does become this echo chamber and a lot of it's sincere man yeah. I do remember when like you know when I was doing really good I think edgier comedy and it was a year I was doing really well and this little gay kid came up to me and was like in Chicago and was like I really like you I appreciate you talking about gay marriage when you say the word faggot it makes me think of uh, when kids used to beat the shit out of me that is far, and that really affected me. Um, that is far different than a bunch of Twitter people just waiting for a comic to fuck up. Yeah. Or people who sit in comedy clubs yeah. and they're waiting to blog about it. Like, dude, I didn't know. So the whole thing that got comics so pissed off at me is when I was like the Daniel Tosh rape thing wasn't yeah. funny. I didn't fucking know half of what he said on stage because yeah. I only heard it from my Twitter echo chamber. So like when I was on Rogan's the other day, and he was just like briefly recapping it. We didn't talk about it much, which was nice. Um, but he was briefly recapping it and he was like, yeah, he goes, what should I talk about? What's funny or whatever? And some guy in the audience goes rape. And Tosh made this like really subversive, smart joke. He's like, yeah, what's all the funny things about rape? Like the shame, the victim blaming, like stuff yeah. like that. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. 
all we got on our side was Daniel Tosh tells uh, a woman who was upset about rape, it would be funny if you were raped by five people. Uh, you, We didn't even get the part where it's yeah. like, oh, he's actually trying to be like a comic and being really intelligent about sure. it, et cetera, et cetera. And so when I was, you know, asked to go on some fucking news panel, I was like, yeah, rape's not the funniest. It's kind of hacky, right? Like, I mean, just from a comic thing where it's like, I had that phase where if I wasn't getting laughs, I would just try to say the thing that got a groan because a groan is better than silence, right? Um, and the edgiest comedy, I think, is like punching up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I still like, well, that way. with that said, there are really funny yeah. fucking rape jokes, too. Um, and I said that on the show as well, but that sort of made me like public enemy number one. Well, also, the, it's also in the lieu of that kid who, um, uh, from UCB, you know, that, uh, got a, well, that happened way after but it did. That was, it was after no, that okay. was way after okay. that. I thought that um, was before. And, uh, yeah, that's when like, that was that whole Metzger thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and dude, even like Kurt's been so nice to me, like doing yeah. it. And like that dude hated me when I was doing yeah. the feminist thing, but like <laughs> he's been through a lot of shit too. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. and yeah, it was so bizarre. I just forgot how like important, like, dude friends are and comic friends and yeah. it's, it's a funny really weird time you, right now yeah well when comics have your back it's funny that you say that i remember one time i was on stage and this is a really angry moment in my life i remember i was uh i walked in did a spot at uh, downstairs the broadway and i was at caroline's and i was like i was drinking really heavy yeah and uh i had like probably three whiskeys over at caroline's and i had no business getting on stage and so <laughs> i went down to the broadway comedy club and i'm on stage and there's this huge dude, and he's to the right, and he's he's apparently been heckling the whole show. And I'm drunk. I get up there, and I'm like, eh, and I'm like, tongue, and, and then I, I say, and he starts saying something. I'm like, shut up, faggot. And then I look back, and next thing, this guy just gets on stage, just starts pounding me. Whoa. He's punching me in the face, and I don't know what's happening. Apparently, I think he was like a diesel gay guy. And, and, so, and so I like, and it's funny, I blocked, and he broke my watch, but thank God I had my watch. So I know yeah, I yeah. fucked up his hand. And he's like hitting me, and then I remember... I remember just kind of like blurrily looking in the back and comics are just watching this. And I'm just like, nobody's helping me. Dude, I feel like I I'm in a physical situation. I feel like I read about that. Yeah, and nobody's helping me. I'm just on stage. This guy's huge and he's punching me and nobody's coming to my defense. Holy and shit. And I remember getting off stage and my eyes all fucked up and I walk back and then it's like Josh Spear, like he's dead to me. And it was some other comics and I was like, why wouldn't you help me? I didn't know, man. I was like, what do you mean didn't know? To be fair, most <laughs> most, com most comics get funny because we don't know how to fight. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, I wish you were there with your choke holds and your fucking arm bars. I, but I it's did like, learn how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> but I had nobody. You know, it's funny you brought up Carlin. We met That's Carlin wrong. together. That was a beautiful thing. Oh, my thing. God, at Barnes yes. & Noble. Yes. Oh, my God, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, Holy shit. We got to meet him. What did he, he said? Uh, st uh, uh, we, we asked him about comedy. We asked him about being clean being versus being dirty. I remember the and line. Like, that's, uh, and then, uh, then what did he say? We said, like, what should we do? We clean or dirty? Yeah, well, we were like, because we were getting shit for being dirty and yeah. stuff. And he just yeah. goes, ah, stick a pencil in their eye. Yeah. Right? <laughs> something was, like that. Like, stick a finger in their eye or something. Yeah, I think yeah. it was stick a pencil in their eye. Yeah, and I was just, just like, this is the it. best yeah. moment of my life. Yeah, it was such a nice moment. Yeah, it like... and it's so interesting, like, thinking about those days because when I would watch all those comics we idolized. So when I came up on the Boston, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I was telling my girlfriend about this and she was like, shocked that I was even part of this group where it's like our senior class mm -hmm. was like Geraldo, Patrice, uh, Attell, 
um, you know, Chappelle was coming around to the Boston, like, right before he fled. I used to get so mad at people who were like, yeah, he's fucking crazy. And it's like, no, I saw every night him have to walk to the Boston with, like, a giant Russian bodyguard. Like, yeah. what comic have you ever seen that. with a bodyguard? Yeah. Like, that. I've seen Chris Rock walk into the strip. I've, like, yeah. done shows with all those guys. And literally he would leave or he would try to talk about he was talking about the Iraq war on stage and people would be like, do Rick James, do Rick James. And I'm like, yep, I go to fucking Africa. I get that (laughs) a hundred percent. Sure. And um, I was with him the night before he went to Africa. The night before. Yeah. We would smoke weed together in the car. Oh, dude, all that shit was happening in the Boston. I remember there was a night and I was drunk and I wish I remembered what he was saying. But there are these jokes that I don't think he ever did. Um, Like he had one joke. Where I remember this one simple joke where he was like, he was talking about Eminem. Do you remember this joke? Probably. Where he was like, the he was like the first time I heard Eminem, I thought he was black. Um, and I was like, I was like, this N word's gonna go to jail. Uh, and then he was like, and then I found out he was white, and he was like, this N word's gonna make a trillion dollars. <laughs> and just the word trillion, it's yeah. like that's why you're such a great comic. Yeah. But I remember he did this bit about the Iraq war that like literally brought me to tears. Like sure. the room was captivated. There was uh, some line in there that was so yeah. powerful. And then people would be trying and he yeah, trying to take no, pictures and say absolutely. do Rick James. And he would yeah. would you remember at the well, Boston th- we were being yeah, the back? But and let's he, talk and he about was trying that. to explain to it's, them, like, please yeah. don't take ki- pictures. Yeah. I just want to do stand up. Well, I, I remember that night it's like a bunch of guys from Ireland, uh, they had their soccer jerseys on, they took their sh- the, their shirts off and they wanted to give him his God, their jerseys right. and it was this whole thing. So let's talk about that with you know with the Louis C.K. thing where you take you know take somebody who's at the pinnacle of success. I mean, there's nobody bigger in my opinion. Far no. as like the the fact that he's doing his own show, he's doing all these specials. He's doing. I mean, dude, I just listened to this movies. old Jim Norton interview on the yeah. train ride here from the airport. Uh, but it was older, and it was yeah. all him and the interviewer were talking about was how. Louis C.K. gave him a start and Louis C.K. can do no wrong and like nobody would <laughs> phenomenal. nobody can like take it like he has carte blanche in Hollywood yeah, he and is. stuff like he's that. He's the king. Dude, in my opinion, he's the king of comedy. And like, hearing that huge. hearing that today, like backdated, I was just like it was It's it crazy. Was, and was crazy. how do you feel about like all of him like losing everything and like you having flirted with something that was similar and somebody like attacked you and you got you know, you it re- it basically took you down for a year. I mean, what'd you do for a year? Uh I hid. Um, okay. I literally the first couple. Did you do comedy at all? No, no. So for a I, year you haven't been up. My first stand up show was uh, at Stanhope's. Uh, I okay. did Stanhope's podcast. Okay. Um, for the All Things Comedy Festival, then he got me a spot at one of those like best of the fest type shows. Okay. When at, was like, this? A couple weeks ago. Okay. Like so, it was like a midnight in Phoenix. Okay. Um, I did gotcha. a spot and it was great. Uh, like I fucking loved it. Um, but I haven't done a spot. And even before that, I hadn't really done stand up. I've done like my preachy shit in front of people who agree with me. Gotcha. You know, like crowds of like 30 and 50 and shit. Um, so you kind of like you buckled a little bit with this. Oh, I got a day job. Oh, you did? Uh, wow. I got so a day job. Just, I got off social media. Did you really think this was it? You weren't ever going to like Correct. really be a part of comedy anymore? So okay. I've lived with such depression and, you know, uh, I don't want to say shame because that that sounds like I was like I actually was like uh, a predator, but just shame for like a bunch of different things in my yeah. life, like really self hating, um, and always felt like a fuck up. And so, I mean, dude, the first month, 
I walked around like I had been accused of like sexual assault. Yeah. Like I walked around with a hoodie and sunglasses and like I mean in the in the eyes of what people thought was happening, right. you were. And then again, you read the articles and it's like, oh, those weren't but, yeah. accusations. I had no idea. I th- I mean, I knew it was. I read enough to know that it was just some online shit. But a lot of people didn't. Yeah. And like especially now, like I just lost a gig the other day because of it. Wow. Because if you just read the headline and you don't read it, it's like shit's too scary right yeah, now. Yeah, they definitely. Um, where it's like you see the uh, a name of someone and the word sexual, it's like. Yeah. Um, and it's not even like I was because I, I, I really do believe that there are so many um, women who sort of don't get justice or whatever. And what kind of what kind of day job do you get? Uh, I teach MMA. Oh, okay. so like it's, still, it's, it's not like I you were working at like Rite Aid or no, something. But I was going to I thought I was going to have to. <laughs> it, 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 it honestly just that was where my mom worked. Uh, you accidentally did a great your mama joke. <laughs> You, I was like, <laughs> I got her discount number when I used her phone oh, number. I got twenty percent wow. off. Oh, it was great. That's great. Um, but yeah, so uh, but it, but it was a coincidence. If okay. I didn't have that, yeah, like sure. I happened to be training there really okay. hard. Nice. When all this stuff happened, and their head like black belt left. Nice. And I was just like, uh, I could teach if you want. That's and they cool. were like, okay. But Perfect. then even like my boss was like, were you accused of rape? Oh god. And I was just like, no. And I I was like oh, crying. I had to like it, it was awful. Yeah. Um. Because, yeah, it would be one thing if I was, like, accused of it and it's, like, you know, he said, she said. Yeah. But it's, like, when people think you were accused of it and you were literally, at the worst, being accused of being, like, an asshole. Yeah. At the worst. Um, it's a really weird fucking place because one of the reasons I didn't say anything when it happened and I went dark is because all of my arguments would sound like really sexist arguments that I've I've gone against, right? So for the longest time if like a guy would be like you know that that girl's fucking crazy i was just yeah. like fuck you like yeah. you know you're, you're you're just like putting the onus on like the victim blah 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 and then like i read what's happening to me and i want to just be like yo that bitch is crazy <laughs> you know what i mean but you can't you can't do that exactly. uh no and, the facts are important you know a yeah, lot of people I, don't realize that and i you know? di- i also didn't want to be like a, a, a poster boy for like yeah. sexist either even though yeah. like you know the feminism sort of like bit me on the ass but i was just in like do you think do you think louis will be teaching pre-k or something are dude you, i have no he's idea he's gonna have to get he a, like a job he teaches costco. jiu-jitsu in yeah, los jiu-jitsu. angeles <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh my mom can hook him up that guy doesn't that guy doesn't work out there's no way he's teaching dude anything. i don't Physical. i don't know we yeah. did a show in ireland and he would run like five miles a day, oh he's a runner that's right like, oh, he's a runner how that's does right. that happen um, but do you think it'll i mean do you think he'll be able to come out of this Dude, i don't know because i don't know if he will like it's it's a weird time right now. i think if it happened I think what sure. happened pre Weinstein, yes. Yeah. Post. Um, I don't even That's why they went after him so much. Yes. Yeah. And I don't even it's know like, if it would have been as big a deal post Weinstein. Yeah. But the fact that like and this is really sad and could be taken out of context the wrong way. Um, but like the fact that when I read Weinstein stuff, I don't go my first reaction isn't like, fuck yeah, bring down this like rapist. Yeah. My first reaction is like, because like I have legitimately for having consensual dates and not dating the people afterwards or whatever been like by some people granted like some like very fringe lunatic people on Twitter, but just seeing my name with that, 
It's oh, really scary. Like yeah. there are a bunch of guys who could probably be wow. really great allies right now towards women who are so scared because they flirted with a waitress at the comedy club once oh, that yeah. they're just like, I just want all this to fucking go away. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, so with Louis, yeah. I'm like, I don't fucking know because when it first happened, he had so many fans. And I would always use this as an example where there so were like many fans. famous left wing comics who went after me who never mentioned Louis. Yeah. And I was like, you're a fucking bitch. Yeah. You're a fucking bitch. You, why aren't you? Uh, not that yeah. I wanted people, not that I was yeah. rooting for people to go after other like Louis or whatever, but I'm like, I'm the easy one because yeah. no one likes And we me. all knew this was happening. I mean, I knew about the Cosby thing. I mean, there's a lot of things a lot of comics knew. Do you want to know how I heard the Louis thing? years ago i actually heard it as a really sweet story really? where i heard it like he didn't want to cheat on his wife so like <laughs> when he found someone to hook up with that's hilarious he would be like can i just jerk off in front that of that harlan guy's the same way who's the fucking guy who's, who's that the guy's uh played the serial killer and uh something about mary oh i don't know he, harlan williams oh okay yeah, he yeah. only gets blowjobs on the road right right because right. So, yeah yeah so when i first heard the Louis story i was like "Aw." Like, I thought it was sweet because uh, I, I literally thought it was like yeah. a girl who wanted to fuck him. Yeah. And he's like, I cannot because uh, I am I'll married. I'll just jerk off. Yeah. So can I just jerk off? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I was like, well, it's adorable. And I can't jerk off in front of a girl unless I'm, unless she's naked. Like, I don't even understand that. Like, no. You're just looking at somebody's face and jerking I, off. Like, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. she's got to be nude with her legs spread or it's just yeah, not going to happen. That's like bringing you There's back to no like 12-year-old <laughs> Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Yeah, I can't look at your like, face. Anything I can get. And yeah. I've seen these girls and their face is not going to make you want to jerk off. I have not seen. <laughs> I've not seen the girls. Uh, okay, so uh, I won't take it down that road. So, but, but 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 I honestly, you know, I don't know. I mean, um, I did not expect. Uh, I did not expect everyone in comedy to go so hard after him because, because again, like yeah. you know, when I was accused, literally nothing. Yeah, everybody turned. But again, that's because I was a fucking asshole. But I think because of the wine scene, it's like everybody, you people who. Didn't do anything. Louis was kind of an asshole in some areas. You know, he started throwing the N-word around a lot. Like, yeah. I felt like he kind of had, like, I compared it to kind of a godlike complex. Because people, so he had so many fans, he was doing he so was successful. So good. He yeah. do it. People, you know, people had a tendency to just let him do whatever he wants. And sure. I think that has, a, that's kind of why I think it happened. Right. he think he'd get away with it. Right. But it's like, you know, I, I think he's a great comic. I think he will... You know, he's different in Cosby in some sense, but I still feel because he's younger, mate, number one. Yeah. So I feel like maybe we'll hear about him from a couple of years from now. I will say the one yeah. thing I didn't like about like the New York Times article the most was when they tried to like draw it to his material, which again is more what I used to do, throw comics <laughs> yeah. under the bus. Yeah. When they're like, Well, he talked about masturbation. I was like, uh, have you ever gone to a comedy show? Everybody talks about masturbation. Yeah. Literally, that's all yeah. fucking comics talk yeah. about is that's, masturbation. Yeah. That's uh, your first ten know. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the closer again because you have to call back your yeah. opener about <laughs> masturbation. Yeah. All right. So what for you now? So you've gotten through all this shit. It looks like you're you're owning it, which this is a good week for it. I feel like all these other people are coming out, people coming against them. So now <laughs> You know, we're just... I just want to get back to being a comic, okay. and, and I haven't done that. I feel like in like eight years, okay, um, where I'm like, I just want to be like no agenda. I really okay. never just had a chance to try to just be funny, okay, um, because I was always think like this is kind of interesting. Like my best story, um, I never told stories before, but I have a story about my dad and about yeah. like sort of rekindling this relationship with my dad and how I almost fucked it up. And I was hanging out with Janine Garofalo, like one of the most political comedians in Union Square. 
and I'm just telling her the story because it just happened to me. Like I just like got like busted for shoplifting trying to get a card for my dad. Oh, it was ridiculous. And she goes, you have to tell that on stage. And I literally was at a point with like the show and the politics where I said to her, I go, but it's not political. Mm, and I was like just writing stuff to write it where I'm like, what's the political issue I don't have? Oh, I don't yeah. have an abortion thing. Sure. So I got to write an abortion rant or okay. I don't have this. And it would just it wasn't like what makes me laugh because what makes me laugh is like silly, too. And yeah. like personal and self-deprecating. But I just stopped. I felt like I couldn't yeah. do that stuff. And Garofalo was the one who's like, you have to tell that story on stage. And then I think it became like. It would have been a turning point if I listened yeah. to it. But again, it's like you're finally making a living doing comedy. You yeah. finally have an audience after years of not being liked. And you feel like every comic hates you. You know, I never felt like I could have gotten past the cellar. I never felt yeah. like I could have, um, you know, done a lot of these yeah. things because I just wasn't confident. And then I had an audience. And yeah. so you, you, I just didn't see sort of the line moving. So you feel you kind of like now you can kind of finally be yourself. Like I this think is so. I point, mean, that's what I'm going to try. Point in your comedy where you can kind of like delve into some real stuff and not not make it about just that thing you do, which Correct. is politics. Or yeah. And what advice would you give? Because I do a lot of mentoring. So some of my guys listen to this. What advice would you give to a guy who's starting out, has no idea what he's doing? He uh, idolizes guys, you know, that like the big Stanhopes and the big guys and the tells and like, yeah, but but yeah. but he still doesn't know. What what advice would you give your young self? Yeah, so I mean, what's hilarious is here's advice I gave years ago to people: <laughs> is there was always the difference between watching Jim Norton talking about um, a legitimate semi-shameful incident he had with like a sex worker mm -hmm. and then the guy who idolizes jim norton going so i'm fucking this whore right yeah. and then they in their head you can see them being like nah i'm like jim norton right or like with me where it would just be like okay how do i work the words god cunt uh abortion like into a closer like what's yeah. like the bill hicks mad sure. libs right um, what advice would you give about choices? Well, so I think the choices are bomb being yourself. Like you've got to figure out who you are and it's good to have heroes and stuff like that. But you know, if there are any like musicians, I know there are a lot of comics who like also like play guitar. What about taking a stance and like things like that? I think you should. And, I still think yeah. you should take a fucking chance. Okay. Um, and I feel, still think you should take a stance, but don't let that stance define you. And that's what happened to me okay. where everything I talked about when we used to work together. And when I started to like get some stuff, I meant I'm not suddenly like, Oh yeah. All that stuff about the fucking gays. Like I didn't yeah. mean like fuck them. Um, like I meant that stuff, but yeah. then it put me in this category where it's like, you are the progressive guy now, which means if progressives also say this comic offended me or if progressives also say we should make sure that guy doesn't speak on a college campus. I go, well, I guess that's what my team is saying. Yeah. So I have to go with my team. And the same goes with comics. Don't yeah. always just side with fucking comics because you want stage time. Yeah. Like if you have an opinion, that's the edgiest thing you can do is like have a unique perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, if you flirt with a woman online, make sure that... Uh... Delete all... <laughs> no, don't delete it. I deleted all my shit so yeah. that when they said that, I couldn't be like, no! Like, they wrote me. Like, I can't... Yeah. yeah. But don't send your dick. I never sent my dick. Thank God I never sent my dick. Um, so don't send your dick. That's my last, uh, that's my last point. <laughs>
All right, Jamie Kilstein. I love you so much, man. I love you, man. I'm really glad you were on the show. You're christening the show, and uh, I'm really rooting for you. And I feel like, you know, it's. I learned a lot just watching you kind of deal with all this bad press. Oh, boy. And able to kind of like pick yourself up and just, you know, go forward. I'm in uh, the process of it. Anything you want to plug? Any. uh, Uh, I just start. I'm still off social media. I mean, follow me to make me feel better. (laughs) But uh, jamiekilstein.com, I just put up a mailing list and uh, give me spots. (laughs) Yay. All right, Jamie Kilstein, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Anthony Capper, our producer. Uh, next time we'll bring him in a little more. This is our christening episode. Yay. You want to say anything, Anthony? Hello and <laughs> goodbye. Hi, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like you, bro. <laughs>